Welcome, everybody, to the world according to Dick Buttons. This is episode five. This week's topic is the top ten movies of all time. That's right. Yours truly is going to give his opinion on the top ten movies of all time. Now, I know some of you are not going to agree with me. Some of you are going to say, well, why didn't you pick this one? Why didn't you pick that one? This is my podcast. My opinion. Uh, I'd love to know your thoughts after this is all through. So let's jump right into this. And we will start with number 10. Coming in at number 10. 1995, The Usual Suspects. Directed by Brian Singer and written by Christopher McQuarrie. Had a runtime of an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, the cast was Stephen Baldwin, Gabriel Byrne, Benicio del Toro, Kevin Pollack, Chaz Palmentieri, Pete Pulsewaite, and of course, Kevin Spacey as the titular character, Kaiser Soze. Uh, this movie had a budget of $5.5 million. And the film was shot in 35 days. The plot, Soul Survivor, tells of the twisty events leading up to a horrific gun battle on a boat, which began when five criminals met at a seemingly random police lineup. What I loved about this movie, the acting was superb. Kevin Spacey, one of my all-time favorite actors, yes, all the bad stuff aside, he still was a great actor. Uh, It was expertly shot, and the editing was very good, too. Uh, It did pretty well at the box office. Did $67 million at the box office worldwide. It had a 88% tomato meter rating and a 96% audience score rating. Now, how much stock you put into those ratings, that's up to you, but I'm just throwing that information out there. Uh, There were two Oscar nominations for this film. With two wins. Two for two. Uh, Best Supporting Actor went to Kevin Spacey. And Best Screenplay went to Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, One fun fact about this movie. uh, In Kevin Spacey's acceptance speech. And I'm not going to try to impersonate him here. But he did say, well, whoever Kaiser Soze is, I can tell you he's going to get gloriously drunk tonight. I thought that was pretty funny. And who knows what happened after he got gloriously drunk. But uh, So I think this is a solid number 10. Uh, this is one of those movies that uh, I would probably not seek out. But if it did come across uh, while I'm flipping channels, I uh, definitely would keep watching or wait for my favorite scene. Which my favorite scene is that ending scene where the, I think it's the FBI agent or the cop, realizes that that whole speech that Kevin Spacey just gave was fabricated with things in the room. Very well done. Number nine, 1976, Rocky. Now, I know people either hate this movie or love this movie. But for what it is, uh, this is a pretty strong number nine in a top ten. This was directed by John G. Advilson, and written by the one and only Sylvester Stallone, had a runtime of one hour and 59 minutes. 
and the cast was Sylvester Stallone as... Now, listen, I'm a pop culture movie guy. While doing prep for this podcast, uh, I learned this for the very first time. Sylvester Stallone playing Robert Rocky Balboa. Did not know Rocky's first name was Robert. Not even sure it's mentioned in the movie. If it is, I've missed it all these years. Uh, Let me know what you have done in your research. Talia Shire as Adrienne Panino. Burt Young as Paulie Panino. Carl Weathers, of course, as Apollo Creed. And Burgess Meredith as Mickey Goldmill. That cast, I mean, you can't get better than that cast. And the story that uh, Sylvester Stallone wrote is phenomenal. And, of course, just to remind you, that plot, Apollo Creed, five weeks from his fight date that is scheduled with Mac Lee Green is unable to be completed due to an injury to Mac's hand. With all of the potential replacements booked up or otherwise unavailable, Creed decides to spice things up to the dismay of his handlers and management to give a local Philly guy a contender to challenge him for the title. And the rest is history. Uh, This movie has a 92% tomato meter and a 69 percent audience uh, score I, I don't understand that this movie is phenomenal especially had a, a budget of one million dollars and it was shot in 28 days and has made 225 million dollars worldwide not only was it entertaining the the Oscars also 10 nominations with three wins it won for best picture it won for Best Director, and it won for Best Film Editing. Editing. I apologize. Also nominated, now get this, Best Actor, Sylvester Stallone. Best Actress, Talia Shire. Two supporting actor nods, both from Burgess Meredith for Mickey and Burt Young for Paulie. Best Original Screenplay was nominated, which would have went to Sylvester Stallone. Best Original Song for Gonna Fly Now by Bill Conti, and Best Sound was also nominated. But again... Uh, 10 nominations, three wins, not too shabby. And this is by far one of the movies that I will seek out if I have nothing else to watch. Uh, and if it does come on, I'm at least watching 25 to 45 minutes of this film, no matter where you turn it on. Uh, it is just keeps your interest. Uh, one fun film fact that scene in the ice locker with the meat hanging was uh, improvised. Uh, While the scene was supposed to be filmed in that meat locker, uh, it was taking too long between takes and to keep warm, uh, Sylvester Stallone started punching the meat and uh, director Adelson loved that and it kept it in the movie. So, solid number nine. We're off to a good start here. I'm going to take a sip of coffee if that's okay. I must learn how to edit because I listen to other podcasts and I don't hear them taking sips of coffee. But hey, this is only episode five, so the beginning of a maybe hopefully a long, fruitful uh, podcast life. All right, number eight. 1994, The Shawshank Redemption. Directed by Frank Darabont, based on the 1982 Stephen King novella. Has a runtime of two hours and 22 minutes. And it stars Tim Robbins as Andy Dufrenzi, 
Morgan Freeman as Ellis Boyd Red Redding, Bob Gutton as Samuel Norton, William Sadler as Haywood, Clancy Brown as Byron Hadley. This film had a budget of $25 million and it took three months to film. With a worldwide box office of $73.3 million. Uh, this is a uh, drama, serious movie. And the plot, Andy DeFrensney, Tim Robbins' character, is sentenced to two consecutive life terms in prison for the murders of his wife and her lover, and is sentenced to a tough, tough prison. However, only Andy knows he didn't commit the crimes. While there, he forms a friendship with Red Morgan Freeman and experiences brutality of prison life, adapts, helps the warden, etc., all in a 19-year span. Uh, this film was nominated for seven Academy Awards. Now, this is the most nominations for any adaptation of a Stephen King uh, novella or book. Uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor for Morgan Freeman, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Sound, and Best Original Score. However, it won nothing. Has a 91% tomato meter score and a 98% audience score, which that checks out. I mean, uh, anytime we have discussions like this about top 10 movies, this movie is inevitably in everybody's list. Uh, not a movie I would seek to watch, uh, but a movie that if it comes on, I'll, I'll stick around for 15, uh, 20 minutes. Um, it is entertaining. And it is well done. All right, we're moving on. We are going to number seven, 1991, The Silence of the Lambs. Directed by Jonathan Demme and written by Ted Talley. This movie has a runtime of one hour and 59 minutes. Starring Jodie Foster as Clarice Starling, Anthony Hopkins as Dr. Hannibal Lecter, Scott Glenn as Jack Crawford, and Ted Levine as James Buffalo Bill Gum who would later on become meme fodder. If you know the movie, you know the memes that came out of the Buffalo Bill character. Uh, this film had a budget of $19 million and was filmed in four months, with a box office of $273 million worldwide. Uh, it is number seven for a reason. It's a great movie. Uh, Anthony Hopkins just knocks it out of the park as the creepy serial killer. You believe every word that he says. You believe that he's a cannibal. He he is just fantastic in this film. Uh, the plot of this movie, Clarice Starling, an FBI trainee, is pulled from her regiment at the Quantico FBA, FBI Academy by her boss, Jack Crawford. He assigns her to interview Hannibal Lecter, the former psychiatrist and cannibalistic serial killer, on the pretense of persuading Lecter to answer a questionnaire about himself for the Bureau's psychological profiles. And from there, she solves a crime. Uh, this film had seven nominations for an Oscar and five wins. Uh, was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Anthony Hopkins, Best Actress for Jodie Foster, and Best Adapted Screenplay by Ted Talley, and won for all of those categories. And was nominated for Best Film Editing and Best Sound, but did not win. Uh, one movie fun fact, that this film won the Big Five. 
And that is the only time, the third time in history for a movie to uh, accomplish that. So it won for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Screenplay, known as The Big Five. Uh, always a fun movie to watch. One of those movies that when you rewatch, you catch things you missed the first time. Uh, again, if this comes on, I am most definitely sticking around for 15, 20 minutes. Also, if there's nothing else to watch, it's one of my go-to movies. Number six, 1990, Goodfellas. Yes, we've made it to the mob movies. Directed by Martin Scorsese and written by Nicholas Pileggi. This has a runtime of two hours and 26 minutes. It stars Robert De Niro as James Conway. Ray Liotta, rest in peace, as Henry Hill, Joe Pesci as Tommy DeVito, and Lorraine Bracco as Karen Hill. And the cast is just vast. There are so many uh, famous people. Uh, Paul Sorvino, we can't forget him. But I only have so many minutes for this podcast. Uh, the budget for this movie was $25 million, and it was shot in five months. And it had a box office of $46.8 million. Now, this movie was based on Henry Hill's novel, uh, Wise Guy. Uh, his true life story of his rise uh, as a child through the uh, mafia. Now, the the issue with the, the book being called Wise Guy, and that was the initial plan for this movie to be called Wise Guy. However, there was a problem with that. There was already a 1986 Brian De Palma movie called Wise Guys and a successful 80s TV show called Wise Guy. So, the title was changed to Goodfellas. Uh, Goodfellas was nominated for six Oscars, and it won one. Uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, and Best Director did not win. Uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actress, Lorraine Bracco, did not win. Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Film Editing did not win. The lone Oscar that this movie won was Best Supporting Actor, Joe Pesci, for his role as Tommy DeVito. Top top five mob characters for me of all time. Um, the, Joe Pesci had a way about him of just making it seem so believable uh, that that he was this this Italian mobster. Uh, it has a ninety six percent tomato meter and a ninety seven percent audience score rating. Now you're going to hear me give these for each movie. Uh, just let me give you a little insight into this. So the tomato meter is only based on 107 reviews posted to uh, that website. And the audience, audience score is based on 250,000 plus ratings. So take it for what you want. I don't you know where it holds any any weight with you. But I just wanted to give you, you know, the broad picture of where this movie stands with reviews and audience scores. So Goodfellas, again, is one of those movies where if you happen to pass it when you're flipping, uh, I'm staying on it, at least I am, and uh, for at least half hour, 45 minutes. And I will seek this out if I have nothing else to watch. We are halfway. We are at number five, 1973, The Exorcist. The first horror movie makes it into the top ten. Uh, this is directed by William Friedkin and written for the screen by William Peter Blatty, has a runtime of one hour and 59 minutes, and it stars Ellen Bernstein as Chris McNeil, Linda Blair as Reagan McNeil, 
Jason Miller as Damian Karras, and Max von Sydow as Father Marin. Uh, the budget for this movie was $12 million, and the film was shot in six months. Had a box office of $441 million worldwide. Now, the plot of this movie, yes, it is a horror movie. Yes, it is about demonic possession uh, and the priest that tried to rid that demon from Reagan's body. So, it's a pretty straightforward plot. Uh, it was nominated for seven Oscars and had two wins. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Ellen Bernstein, Best Supporting Actor, Jason Miller, Best Supporting Actress, Linda Blair, and did not win for any of those. But it didn't win. Did win. I have to learn how to edit. Did win for Best Screenplay and Best Sound. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of controversy with this film, a lot of rumors of uh, bad things happening. There was a fire that destroyed most of the set, and some crew members died during that fire. Blair and Burston both suffered accidental long, long-term back injuries from uh, things that happened on the set. And William Freakin was known as a madman as far as directing goes. During the, uh, the possession scenes where they were doing the exorcism, he kept the room below zero so the actor's breath could be seen on camera. Uh, much to the dismay of the actors, they complained, but, you know, he's running the show. Uh, there was also a scene where Ellen Bernstein's character gets uh, thrown to the back of the room by uh, Reagan while she's possessed. And, you know, this movie predates any CGI or special effects of any sort, so all the effects in this movie are practical. They had a rope tied around Ellen Burstyn's waist, and they told her at the count of three, there were stagehands off, off screen that were going to yank her into the chest of drawers. And he said, don't worry, we're not going to yank that hard. We're going to speed up the camera. Well, of course, uh, William lied, and it wasn't on the count of three. It was on the count of one, and they he informed the stagehands to yank as hard as they could. So that reaction that you get when Ellen Bernstein is flown into the chest of drawers is a valid, real reaction. Pain, ex uh, surprise, all of that. Another scene that, that happened by accident that they kept in the film, when Reagan vomits the pea soup into Father Karras's face, uh, it was originally designed to hit his chest. But the prop people had the angle on the tube or the force of the, the fake vomit wrong, and it hits him in the face. So that reaction in the film is honest because he, A, did not think he was going to get hit in the face. Uh, and B, of course, getting hit in the face with vomit, fake or not, uh, at that volume. So that reaction is great. 84% uh, tomato meter rating. And a 87% audience score. I'm thinking that audience score is low because, A, the movie freaks people out. Even to this day, for me, uh, it's uh, a very freaky movie to watch. But one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Okay, number four. 1975, Jaws. Directed by Steven Spielberg, based on the 1974 novel by Peter Benchley. Runtime, two hours, four minutes, and it stars Roy Scheider as Martin Brody, Richard Dreyfuss as Matt Hooper, 
Robert Shaw as Quint, and Murray Hamilton as the infamous Mayor Vaughn. The budget was set at $3.5 million for this film, and it was shot in 35 days and has a $272 million worldwide box office. Uh, you know, the basic plot of this movie, uh, shark shows up, shark eats people. Uh, the sheriff wants to close down uh, the city. Uh, the mayor doesn't, and when he doesn't, more people die. And they go try to kill the fish. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Um, some fun facts about this movie. Uh, the role of Chief Brody was first offered to Robert Duvall. But he only wanted to play Quint. And the director already had Quint locked up, so that was it for Robert Duvall. And Charlton Heston expressed desire to play Brody as well. But Spielberg felt that Heston would bring too much gravitas to play a uh, small-town sheriff of a modest community. So thank goodness we got the cast we got, because the cast is fantastic. The movie is fantastic. You know... One of the pitfalls of a movie from 1975, again, no CGI, uh, the shark, animatronic. For at the time, yeah, it was pretty cool. But looking back now, not so much. Uh, has a 97% tomato meter score and a 90% audience score. Uh, it won Oscars for Best Film Editing, Best Original Dramatic Score, and Best Sound. It was also nominated for Best Picture. But it lost to a movie higher up on my list. And we'll get to that soon. Uh, And uh, Steven Spielberg felt snubbed. We are going to number three. Uh, I'm going to start to go faster. I just realized I have a 30-minute max on this software. Well, here we go. Number three, 1974, The Godfather Part Two. Uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola and written by Coppola and Mario Puzo. Has a runtime of three hours and 20 minutes. Starring Al Pacino as Michael Corleone. Robert Duvall as Tom Hagen. Robert De Niro as Vito Corleone. And Talia Shire as Connie Corleone. Budget was $11 million and was shot in eight months. Has done $93 million worldwide. And the film intercuts between the events sometime after The Godfather and the early life of Vito Corleone. 11 nominations and 6 wins. Has a 96% tomato meter score and a 97% audience score. Uh, It won for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor went to Robert De Niro, uh, Best Screenplay, Best Direction, Art Direction, and Best Dramatic Score. Um, I'm going to have to hurry up. Number two, 1972. Probably pretty Obvious, The Godfather, also directed by Francis Ford Coppola and written by him and Mario Puzo. Runtime of two hours and 57 minutes. Starring Marlon Brando as Vito Corleone, Al Pacino reprising his role, Duval as Tom Hagen and James Caan as Sonny Corleone. Budget was $6 million and shot in 62 days. $137 million box office worldwide. And this chronicles the Corleone family uh, from 1945 to 1955. Of uh, And it, it follows the rise of Michael Corleone from a reluctant family outsider to a ruthless mafia boss. Uh, 11 nominations with three wins. It won for Best Picture. It won for Best Actor, which went to Marlon Brando. He declined. Uh, best Screenplay. Uh, 97% Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter and 
audience score. All right, leaves me six minutes for the number one movie. 1975, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Directed by Milos Foreman, based on the 1962 novel of the same name. Runtime, two hours and 13 minutes. Starring Jack Nicholson as R.P. McMurphy, Louise Fletcher as Nurse Ratchet, William Sampson as Chief Bromden, and Danny DeVito as Martini. Budget was set at $4.4 million and it took three, mil- three months to film. Box office was $163 million worldwide. Uh, the plot, Jack Nicholson's character R.P. McMurphy is in a workhouse and pretends to be crazy to get out of being in the prison and how he tries to get out. Uh, nominated for nine Oscars with five wins. It won for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor Jack Nicholson, Best Actress Louise Fletcher, and Best Screenplay. Also nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Cinematography, Best Film Editing, and Best Original Score. Uh, just, I'm sorry, the best movie ever made. I can watch this over and over again. The title comes from a nursery rhyme that is read by the chief as a child to his grandmother mentioned in the book. And friction between Nicholson and Milos during the production with both the actor and the director expressing very clear creative intentions on how the protagonist should be portrayed. But the movie is still cinematic gold. Has a 93 tomato meter score and a 96% audience score. There's not much more I can say about this movie. Uh, It is, again, just the best. And I would recommend this to anybody. Um, I'm going to wrap up now before my time runs out. Um, Until next week, this has been The World According to Dick Buttons. We'll see you guys next week.